Hello and welcome to Making Creativity Pay. My name's Dan Barnett and I head of the podcast show London on the 24th and 25th of May. We're running a series of short daily podcasts with a variety of people in the podcast industry. Today's episode is with Megan Hayward, podcast producer at Edit Audio. We talk about what encouraged Megan to pursue a career in podcasting, her work as a podcast producer and how she finds working as part of a team that's based on both sides of the Atlantic. We also discuss the impact of AI in podcast production and what talks she's looking forward to seeing at the podcast show. I'm Megan Hayward. I'm a podcast producer at Edit Audio and I work on a range of shows from some of our originals to some of our client ones. And yeah, big variation of, of projects going on. The Podcast Bestie episode with you on, talking about Mina AF and 100,000 downloads. It's kind of interesting to kind of see where an editor fits in within a podcast and when a lot of the time it's just one person kind of setting up interviews, recording it, editing it, getting it out. Whereas you have to be part of a machine mm. or process to kind of fit everything in and work in it. So what are the kind of main differences between being part of a team on a, on a podcast versus kind of doing it yourself? I think this is why I got into podcasting actually was because of how easy it is to create something by yourself. So I did a degree in TV and radio at, at Salford Uni and then went and did the Masters in Radio at Sunderland. And the main reason on my undergrad why I veered towards radio rather than doing TV was because I just hated relying on other people and working as part of a team. Because especially at a student level, you're just there with people that aren't taking it seriously and then they'll like bring your marks down and like it's just not it was just always really frustrating for me to have to work with other people when they weren't as enthusiastic as me about group projects and so I found with making radio and podcasts that you can do a lot of it all by yourself you don't need anyone else's input and I really like the independency that that comes with with podcasting and then I've been working full-time at audio for about a year and a half now and it's such a fantastic team like honestly it's the absolute joy that's such a collaboration between us and our clients and even within a team like for example when I've done an episode of Mina AF we'll put it up in our slack and everyone gets a chance to listen and give feedback so it is a proper team effort and we do that with all of our projects everybody gets a say everybody gets that input and it just means that the shows that we make reflect the company really well, I think. And we've got such a strong mission statement with empowering voices that aren't normally heard in traditional media. So I think just because we've got such a great team, it does make teamwork really easy. And especially with Mina AF, I never intended on being a sort of on-air producer but it sort of came quite naturally because with Mina AF, some of the episodes we do have guests and some is just Mina chatting by herself. And she's brilliant. She can talk about any subject for an hour by herself. You can just let her loose on something. But every now and again, she'd be like, oh, Megan, what do you think? And so it came about quite naturally. And so I chip in every now and again, just a little bit. And it's nice because it can just sort of keep the, the, the topic afloat or even because she's American it's got a big like American following I think just even that little bit of Britishness just adds something else sometimes as well but yeah it is it is a nice like team effort and it is it is good to be able to to work on something like that and within the editing how much of that is kind of technical removing the ums and ahs and those kind of things and how much is more editorial so you know going from a two-hour chat down to a 25-minute podcast it totally depends on the episode and if we've got a guest or if there's something that you know as, as we all know that things that then should be struck off the record which actually happens quite rarely to be fair we do have some things that, that need to be taken out but i'm quite a relaxed editor i 
I don't mind the odd like stuttering sentence because I think if the content's good enough, you don't need to absolutely obliterate it. Obviously, if somebody takes like forever getting a sentence out or they need to restart and they just need to refocus, you know, chop it if you can. But what I found as well is when we're trying to make video podcasts as well, they're not as fussy over the ums because obviously it looks stupid. (laughs) You can be a lot more finessed in just the audio edit and you can move out and you can make it clean. But I like to just keep things not rough, but like as natural as possible. So for me, I'm not I'm not that picky of an editor. And it's totally fine if people are. I can understand why you'd want to get out all of the mouth clicks and stuff. But I think because I listened to a lot of podcasts that were originally radio and they often just leave in sort of as broadcast. So my ears aren't really like that picky to fillers and stuff because it's just the content that I listen to. But yeah, there have been some times where we've got like an hour and a half recording and only half an hour we'll see the light of day. <laughs> but how difficult is it sometimes to kind of, you almost remove someone's personality, you know, if the way they speak is a bit more considered and that's how they are, but you could kind of just chop, 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 remove that thing. But it's, it's is it still them? Well, I think because I used to make a few documentaries and with that you can really play around you know if you've got an hour recording and you're trying to get into a 15 minute feature you can totally ruin the story by taking out as much and trying to get it to fit what you want it to say and I think if the content is good and interesting leave it in if it doesn't add anything take it out and that's why the the team review system that we have in place is so good because often someone else will flag being like well was there a reference to this earlier where is it and then you suddenly realize oh yeah because I know the full story because I've edited it it all makes sense to me and I think it's really important to have someone else to to listen to your cut before it goes out because if they don't know what the original conversation was they can sort of verify as a listener if what you've left in makes sense as a whole piece. And so overall now, both starting out as a student and your job, I mean, how, how many years now have you kind of had working in podcasting and producing podcasts? I finished my undergrad in 2019 and went straight into being an SU president for the School of Arts and Media at Salford Uni. Then COVID happened, which then like ruined all of my like career prospects, or at least it felt like that. So I did the master's at Sunderland, literally just to keep making stuff. And there was a few things that I didn't manage to achieve whilst on my undergrad at Salford. Like I was obsessed with the Charles Parker Prize and I never got that. And like other little like awards and just things that I knew about once it was too late. So that's why I did the, the masters. And luckily whilst I was doing that, I had a few freelance opportunities. So I say I've been sort of freelancing since January, 2020. And then in May, 2020, a friend of mine that used to work at Edit Audio said, oh, they need a freelancer. So I was freelancing, just doing a little bit for six months. And then when they had a full-time job, I was like, please, that's got my name written all over it. Please hire me. And I got made full-time. So it's been, yeah, it's been a year and a half full-time as a proper producer. Mina AF is the first show that I've like properly produced because a lot of the work that I've been doing so far has just been editing audio and like, you know, the client's, produce it and they sort out all of the the content and it's just like turning it into something airable but yeah so I've been properly producing a show since January I would say <laughs> every kind of few years there's a new podcast boom but you know the last one around when kind of COVID started was a big big one mm. I mean how much have you seen things change in the last three years or so it's definitely become something that 
is just like, like my mum now listens to podcasts. And to me, that is like a huge marker of, you know, even though I've been banging on about them for about six years. So for me, I think that's a, a good thing that now people know what you mean. And it's not just like people that are in entertainment and media that know what you're on about. Now everyone does know what one is. And I think the obsession with visualisation is something that's really interesting to me because there's a whole debate, isn't there, of like you can't just call a video show a podcast, et cetera, et cetera. And I I get really annoyed when I see people just saying, oh, I've got a podcast and it's like, really, it is a video show, like that's what you're doing it for, which is fine. It's still great content. And I have discovered quite a few podcasts because of the visualisation, because of the TikToks and stuff. And I think to me, that is the biggest change is just the production value has seems to have shot right up. You can make a podcast with literally no money. You know, you could make one on your on your mobile phone if you wanted to. But to me, there seems to have been a big investment, particularly in these video shows, into making them something really marketable. And instead of relying on a TV network to pick up somebody now hosting a show, people can do it themselves and get monetize it and, and be viral sensations and there is that sort of step where now podcasting to me is one of the traditional forms of media it's no longer something like innovative and on the sidelines that people don't really know about it is like one of the main sources these days where people get their news and entertainment from with your mum was that because you're in the industry nope. or was it like a <laughs> gateway podcaster no it's because my brother recommended one <laughs> <laughs> okay you can tell who's the favorite child <laughs> yes yes that you know that there's particular people like you know like louis through where you know you've got that mainstream cut across and people will get into it but even still then you know their world of podcasting may still be a couple of dozen big names rather than the, the millions of podcasts and audio drama and all the rest of it so i think that there's still a lot to to do to kind of encourage mm. within the work at edit audio how much goes on around kind of discovery and getting the message across just that you exist even <laughs> yeah well that's the thing it's a, it really is a great company and we work with fantastic people like all of our clients are amazing we produce things that we're proud to be putting out in the world and I'm really confident in every single show that we work on and having our name attached to anything that it's going to be made by good people that just want to even if it is like a tech podcast or a film entertainment one, we're always putting out things, I think, that positively reflect good things and, yeah, champion people that are underrepresented. And I think with our originals in particular, well, adjusting, that is just a really nice sort of uplifting listen and it can really help people through their, through their problems. And, yeah, we've, we've got some shows in the pipeline that I can't wait to come out as well. <laughs> You're going to be at Podcast Show London the 24th, 25th. So <laughs> is there going to be a few of you there from Edit Audio? Well, this is the thing. I have I work from home. I've not met any of my colleagues because Edit Audio is actually a Canadian company. There's about 10 of us on the team in total, I think. And then my, my boss, Steph, and our marketing manager, Melissa, are coming over. And then we've also got Maria, who's another UK producer, and the four of us are going to live together for a week, which I <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> wait for. But it is quite wild that I've never met any of my colleagues. I'm just going to be living with them. So fingers crossed they like me and they don't find me annoying. But we're really <laughs> excited. I saw everything that was going on at Podcast Show London last year on social media. A few of my friends were there and I was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. And so 
Steph was like, well, let's do it then. And I'm really excited because one of the first sort of product projects I was given full sort of control and creativity over is a show that's now called On The Road, where we go to different conferences with a pop-up sound booth and people go in and they answer a few question prompts we've got. And we're going to be doing that in London. So I'm just excited to be there physically with the booth rather than just getting the audio afterwards to play around with. So that's what I'm most excited for is for that people can can swing by and take part in a little podcast series. And other than the stuff you're doing, is there anything in particular you're looking to see or or someone you're looking to, forward to hearing from? Oh, there's such a fantastic lineup. I really hope that I can make Nish Kumar's Pod Save the UK talk because that, that seems like that'll be really cool. And yeah, I think I'm going to be man in the booth most of the time. I've... I'm just, I really like talking to people. And so whilst all of the talks are going on and if other people want to bop off places, we've also, we're doing a talk ourselves. So on day one at 1pm, my boss Steph is teaming up with Sharon from Burnt Roti to do a session called Put Your Money Where Your Messaging Is, which is talking about where to spend your money for DEI budget and impact and uh, the benefits that come from investing in your in your community. So that will be a really good talk. I highly recommend people check that one out. But yeah, the the schedule looks jam-packed. I'm really excited to just see what's going on and and see what happens day by day. And in terms of podcasting in general, I mean, where do you think it's going to go in the next 12 months, you know, both in terms of kind of content and tech, there was you know how podcasts are produced, the rise of AI, whether that's going <laughs> to you know how overplayed that is or I'm whether whether there are things that will AI. actually help you. <laughs> I do think that AI is a really marvellous tool. Obviously, I don't think it will ever be smart enough to know the nuances of human conversation to actually pick up on what needs to stay in and out of an edit bar like ums and, and fillers. You know, it, it can't be hard for it to chop out that. But I'm I'm not too worried that AI is going to take, take my job as a producer because there is just, you know, the, the human need to be coming up with these ideas. Otherwise, it will all just merge into one generic thing. I don't know if you've ever tried to to get an AI to, like, write you some prompt questions, but they they need work and they need tweaking and they're not the most, like, accurate, succinctly thing that exists. So, you know, it is a good tool, though, and I think anything that can make transcription more available and more accessible, hopefully that, I think, is a really good thing and that podcasts do need to be as accessible as possible and if people are able to quickly chuck their audio through you know whether like Descript becomes a bit more finessed and is able to you know really accurately put the speaker labels in the right places and get that nuance across I think that would be great to make the experience for people that that use transcripts more more accessible so that would be great but yeah I don't think AI is going to completely take over I think that the visualization is just going to get bigger and bigger. People know that, well, unless TikTok and Twitter just get <laughs> banned and and go and get taken down. I think that's the bigger question is what's going to happen with the state of social media and how is that going to impact the future of podcasting? Because for me, the way that I discover new podcasts is entirely through, through social media. I've never once looked at a podcast chart to see what I should be listening to in like new and noteworthy or podcasting or whatever. So I only know new podcasts through what comes up in my in my news feeds. And I think that that will impact the, the future of podcasting and the marketing around them. 
because you know people that are uh, quote unquote nobodies end up with massive podcasts just because they get have a few t- TikToks that go viral. So um, I think there's the potential for that will hopefully just get better rather than go downhill. <laughs> so I mean, talking about AI, this is probably the first one I've recorded on Riverside with the uh, transcription feature. Oh, I love it! I love that. So yeah. one of the things that I have started doing is making social clips for our shows. Because I'm, I'm aware that visualisation is something that I should be embracing and not hiding from. So I've really sort of trying to get on the whole social clip things. And the fact that you can just go onto a Riverside recording, type in a keyword and like instantly clip up the bit that you want to put out. I love it. It has been such a brilliant time saver. 10 out of 10 Riverside for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll tag them in on that bit. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Look out for the daily episodes when we talk to a variety of people within podcasting and also check out the back catalogue of episodes where I talk to people in a variety of creative industries about making creativity pay.